Hi, I'm Matt, and welcome to The Tim's Take, episode 94. Welcome to a special episode of The Tim's Take, where I thought that it would be wonderful to have a special guest on. So I want to introduce our guest, and then we'll introduce the topic. Our guest tonight is a mom, not surprisingly. She has, not coincidentally, two young boys. One is three years old. One has just turned six months old. She works part-time, so she juggles a whole lot of things. And I have gotten the privilege of witnessing some of her parenting up close through our relationship. And so tonight, I'm grateful to welcome to her own podcast, Rachel. Great to be here. Thanks for that glowing introduction. There's so much more I could have said, Rachel. But... I had this idea for, well, I mean, we're a little tongue-in-cheek here, but I did say the other day, I think we should do an episode where I interview you because I have long claimed that you have something that some people would call mother's intuition, but I call the much catchier and sure to go viral mom stinks. It's instincts for moms. Mom stinks. Not mom stinks. No, yeah, exactly. This is why it will go viral, because it's very clear what I'm saying. It's mom stinks. Okay. Not confusing at all. No, but people will see it written in the, in the title. In just this last week, there's been some wonderful examples of this that I'm going to ask you to recount in a minute. But I have been struck throughout our parenting journey of some three plus years on those these kind of critical moments. I'm not just talking about the kind of the daily decision making but these like critical moments where something is challenging or going wrong and you just make a call or you say I think we should think about trying this and it unlocks something for our kids for us and so I'd love for you to talk about this last week because I believe last episode things were a little down things were a little fatigued and I think we're already coming with a little bit more energy maybe you can explain a little bit of what's happened Wow. Yeah, that feels like a long time ago. It's since our last episode. <laughs> it got worse before it got better. Uh, yeah, what, what did? Say for, I mean, I'm assuming there's brand new listeners because they saw Mom Stinks in the title of the episode. And thought, I have to listen to this one. So catch people up. So we've been particularly struggling with Julian's sleep, both at night and at naps. So probably about two weeks ago at the time of our last podcast, he was sleeping probably in overnight, maybe in like three hour chunks. He would wake up frequently, sometimes just screaming. And it's just kind of that painful, like, is there something really wrong here? Like, I just don't know. This just doesn't feel like the trajectory that we should be going in as he gets older. And his napping was bad. And that overall just makes for a grumpy kid. And so grumpy. Makes for just a really rough time. I I think I called you last Monday and just instantly started sobbing over the phone. And you were like, I'm going to go <laughs> come back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I'm going to yes. go. That makes me sound horrible. I mean, I know you're the guest, but come on, have a little, a little love for the host. <laughs> but it was like one of those, like, I knew I was like close to crying. And then I heard your voice and you were like, what's up? And I was like, oh. Oh no, it's all it's all coming out right now. I literally had someone in my office. I'm like, oh, Rachel's calling. I should probably take this. And they're like, do I, do I need, should I leave? I'm like, nah, you're fine. And then I'm like, oh, you probably should have left for that one. <laughs> oh dear, man, it was, it was bad. I mean, it was bad. Anyway, 
that's a whole thing. Do not underestimate the lack of sleep and its effect on parents. Anyway, so after that night, Julian had still been sleeping in our room. And I think part of like desperation, sanity, like, okay, if he's not going to sleep, I at least need my room back because it doesn't seem to be making a difference whether he's here or not. We're like, just finished dinner. It's like six o'clock. Julian's supposed to go to bed in like an hour. And I'm like, we're moving him. We're doing it. Can I do a little backup of the timeline here? Yeah. So there's the Monday where you call me and I come home because things are falling apart. Tuesday is Halloween. Oh, yeah. And it's that night that ranks in at least the top five, if not the top two, if not the top one worst nights of Julian's sleeping career. Yeah, I mean, and he was a newborn. <laughs> granted, this is kind of his first season, you know, of being in play with the sleep thing. But it was it was a bomb. Yeah. It was it, like three hours probably collective of crying Yeah, through the middle of the night. But then I was just like, you know, we had been doing <laughs> what is sometimes called a dream feed. So when we, Julian goes down about seven o'clock. And then when we went to bed, we would kind of gently wake him up. And have him feed, get milk again. I mean, we try not to wake him up, but moving him yeah. around that much. And this worked really well with Oliver. I think I did the dream feed was the last feed yeah. that I dropped when I weaned him. And so, like, we did that for, you know, over a year. And you really liked that with Oliver. Yeah, it was right? really like special because he's all cuddly then. And I don't know. I really liked it. But I was just like, I had been wondering for a while. And this, I mean, this is something we could talk about too, but like, trust trust your instincts sooner sometimes like i probably been wondering for a month or two whether that dream feed was really like not helping him he is just kind of a fussy baby and so when we would wake him up or we would try to give him milk like he would wake up more than he should have been Mm -hmm. waking up and then he would just have such a hard time going back down sometimes and it was like wait if he's sleeping like why are we doing this like you know, but you just get stuck. You're like, this is the thing that works. And it had, you know, it worked for one kid. This is what we do. And it's like, you just, you just keep doing the thing. At some point it's like, okay, we just have to drastically change direction. So like within a three days ban, we kick him out of our room. <laughs> we put him in the office. He goes to a pack and play, switched out from the mini crib. We uh, stopped the dream feed. So we stopped waking him up. And that first night after we stopped the dream feed, he slept till 6 a.m. Yeah. It was through like. Through the yeah. night. <laughs> then we feed him and he was so tired because he hadn't slept at all the night before. We put him back down. He sleeps till 8.30. <laughs> yeah. We had to wake him up so I could take him to my mom's. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway. And ever since then, he's still in the office and mostly sleeping through the night. He'll sometimes stir. But, like, last night was the. We got, like, a six-hour chunk of like no interruptions from either child and that is literally the most i've slept like in one one segment since seven months ago and it's just like a couple minor things that i you know but you you get afraid to experiment you get afraid to mess with things because you're like i don't know but apparently in this case so far it has like been transformational i mean really julian went from like on a good night he would probably get like a four hour chunk where we were getting some sleep and now he's sleeping like 11 hours like through the night yeah 
It's wild. It is. It is wild. The rapidity after all the sleep training work we've done and all that. That kind of like, yeah, it's like didn't feel like it was working. And I do. I mean, I think it's now coming into play. But that wasn't like solving it in the moment without these additional things. I'm. I'm curious. You know. So I mean, here we are talking about your mom stinks. It's the title of the episode. But I am curious to go back to, you talked about the tension between sort of the by the book or the way that's worked before. I Sometimes those are connected, sometimes they're different. And this growing sense of maybe we need to try something different. Like, do you feel that as like a really strong tension in your parenting? Like, does it take you a long time to trust your instincts, in other words? Oh, yeah, all the time. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? Because I know I'm not a parenting quote unquote expert. Yeah. And so when you have parenting experts tell you that this is the way something should be done or the best way or, you know, but it's going to be hard. You just got to stick with it kind of way. Yeah. You trust them or think, I mean, what do I know? These people see you know, thousands of parents they work with most of the time, you know, I'm just going to keep, keep trusting that this will work for my kid at some point. And then you start to figure out like, uh, you know, I should probably be a little less rigid yeah, or experiment. And if that doesn't work, you go back. But there's so much talk around like kids needing consistency, like follow through on the plan. Yes. That I think it scares at least me, at least my personality into being like, okay, I won't fear from the plan because if I fear from the plan at all, we'll never get back on track. And I remember this with Oliver when we potty trained him too because like Mm. it was just not really working in terms of getting him to be like self-motivated to like, oh, I'm so proud I went to the bathroom and so but we were so nervous to do like rewards yeah because whatever we were following was like don't do rewards it will create a bad loop cycle uh-huh. and eventually i was like i think he just needs some stickers you know and that yep. really helped him mm-hmm. but it, for so long i was like no everyone you just keep keep doing this like they just need consistency don't keep you know doing all these things and sometimes yeah you have to trust your instincts or be willing to experiment and it may not work but like kids are adaptable like you can go back to the plan you know yeah that that ties in nicely with one of my questions for you because it was like how do you discern the difference between like a healthy move to experimentation and like just despair or does it even matter is it just like you know what like sometimes when you're despairing that might be like sort of the kick in the pants that you need to like trust an instinct that's been growing. Like, how do you think about that? Because like, it seems like we're getting pretty close to despair. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. I mean, sometimes I think they are one and the same. Like Mm. definitely some of the moves with Julian was like, I just like whatever we've been doing is not working. So I just have to start throwing all the things at the wall. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's when I'm willing to like break from the plan. But this is good. This is a reminder that maybe I should do that sooner (laughs) rather than like the last ditch effort. I'm just so struck by like that. The fascinating reality that we can have and you can have pretty powerful instincts towards something like this does not seem to be working. And yet like, yeah, the I don't I'm 
yeah, I feel like there's many factors maybe that are like driving you to continue, whether it's like sort of like there's experts that say it's going to be hard, whether it's like, you know, sort of a peer pressure of like people who know what you're trying to do and you're like, okay, I'm going to stick at it or whatever the case might be. But it's a really fascinating tension that like most of the time when your instincts have actually been like the most helpful, they've come after like you've endured quite a bit of suffering while you've had them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's helpful just to hear you like name and express express that. One of my questions, though, also kind of building and like adding layers of nuance is in this particular case, like one of the things you were saying repeatedly as we navigated like his struggling sleeping is like and and I was I was with you. I was wondering the same thing. So this wasn't just you. But like we were like, is something wrong like health wise with him? Like, is there actually something physically wrong? Like standing and sitting where we are today, it seems like probably not. There are ways in which he might, he might have a slightly more sensitive digestive system and like just be a little bit fussier of a baby. But like clearly he is physically capable of sleeping through the night. But that kind of was like a growing instinct for both of us. So I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit how you were wrestling with that idea Here's an instinct that seems like wasn't necessarily true that was part of this whole complex of mom stinks. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about before, like, I think that's why the newborn or the baby stage in particular is really hard for me because you don't always know because they can't communicate other than crying. Like, there is just like one way that they tell you something is going on, but they Mm. don't give you any context in terms of what that is and so it's just so hard I mean I think my like personality maybe and maybe just like some pressure on parents in general is to like not be you don't want to be the fussy parents (laughs) like I think Mm. you don't want to be the parents that the pediatrician is like oh my gosh these people are calling me because their baby's not sleeping through the night like can you believe this? Like (laughs) there's kids with real problems here, you know, like I think, I think like a part of me is like, Oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to be that parent. And so that's some of like the hesitation to ask for some help, which I don't think is necessarily great. Like I think, I mean, but that's a broader conversation about like, I think parental support and health. You know, anyway, like... What do you mean by parental support and help? Like, not not our parents helping and supporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the broader world supporting parents. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. the fact that, yes, maybe doctors, like, shouldn't be our first line of, like, you know, who we go to. But there also doesn't seem to be a lot of people in between, you know? And it feels like if there was someone who you could talk to who was, like, you know, just to, like, bounce ideas off of or, like, hey, is this normal? Or there's just not a lot of resources like that unless you're forking over a lot of money, you know, for, like, you know, we could have hired a sleep consultant for a lot of money and we were maybe going that direction. But it just feels like, you know, it would be... Do you think that's actually, can I just chime in on that? Like, we don't have to have this whole conversation, but I'd recognize many people don't have like people around them. But in our lives, is that actually a parental support issue or is it like a us as parents issue and the insecurities 
that like raising these kinds of questions with like other parents around us like raises for us does that make sense because like you're like it'd be nice if we have people we like our sister-in-law lauren is literally a nurse like literally she was a like she was on call for people like us like that was her job in the past like there are people in our lives that like we could have that kind of conversation with it feels like no yeah but i wouldn't instinctively have that like i wouldn't be like oh we should definitely call lauren i mean i love lauren lauren if you're listening you're great (laughs) but also i i feel like part of that might be my own insecurities about like hey like this is like we don't know what's going on with our own kid would you come into that with us i don't know what do you think yeah i probably feel less like embarrassed about it and more just like oh man i don't want to be yeah, like I don't want to be the fussy parent. Like I don't with wanna, anyone. With anyone. <laughs> like I don't want to be like you know. So less embarrassing to admit. Like you want the Chat GPT. Like yes. <laughs> like can I just talk to an AI about my problems? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like there is a distinction. I think. Like totally. I don't yeah. necessarily have a problem being like, yeah, man, my kid is not sleeping through the night, and I do not know what to do. But to then to then say. I don't know, like, and I know, and people have such varied journeys and people have different priorities. So I think it, you can kind of feel, I can kind of feel judged sometimes about like, yeah, for me, sleep is super important and like, I really do need sleep. Um, but some people like, I mean, that's just like, they're used to four hours of sleep a night. And so I feel really silly sometimes complaining about that. But for me, it's, like, one of the biggest, like, things for my mental health is oh, to for sleep. Sure. For sure it is. But well, that judged language is maybe what I'm trying to tap yeah. into with my insecurity language. Yeah. Like, there is that concern. Like, you just feel. And, like, the majority of people are pretty understanding of of parents and the challenges. And But, like, it's almost like the assumption that there might be judgment there. That then like Or just, like, an that. eye roll. Like, oh, gosh. Like, yeah, their kids are not sleeping through the night. Like, you know. Hmm. like that's just what parenthood is you know like i don't always feel like you're gonna get a lot of like real genuine sympathy because people are like well this is kind of what you signed up for like this is what it is and so and i yeah maybe that's all in my head or maybe it's not i don't know i mean it can be both and right like it can be like largely in our heads and also reflect genuine like real conversations we've had that then become part of our story I do think it's like kind of one of those interesting things to file for the future. Like as you talk, I mean, hopefully like this podcast, like if there's new parents or young parents, we know there's someone who listens regularly who's about to become a parent. Shout out to Shelby. Hopefully these conversations at least give people an insight into like, yeah, like like everyone's a little crazy as a parent, right? (laughs) And there's, yeah, there's a lot of tension and you're always trying to figure out, yeah, instincts versus like evidence or research or best practices or, but like, I mean, it really is true. Like we spend more time with our kids than anyone, for sure, more than some researcher who studied thousands of kids. And yes, I think it's good to like be aware of those things and follow patterns. And I think there's a lot that can be learned, but also like you spend all your time with your kid and you're the one who like rides the waves with them. And so I think like there is something to just being willing to experiment. Yeah. 
Okay, but last question. This is I've, I've actually really enjoyed this. My last question is this. I'm curious about your emotional reaction to the success of your mom's things. So two big things. One, we moved Julian out of our room. That has been transformational, I think, for us. Just have our own space, kind of regardless of the impact on him. You really anticipated that. I did not. But instantly I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Despite the fact that most of our marriage, we've had the space to ourselves. I was like, I love this. <laughs> We're like in a hotel. We can read books yeah. in our room. Oof. We can put our clothes away when there's lights exactly. on. Exactly. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's been great. So like, yeah, that. so there's one kind of major one. The second one is obviously getting rid of the dream feed. So two like kind of just like home run mom stink moments. How do you emotionally feel about that? Like the success. Like the fact that, yeah, I felt like this was a thing we should try. We talked about it. We went with my suggestion. And now look how amazing it is. Like, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I think I just feel relief. <laughs> like, woo I mean, yeah, because they were somewhat born out of desperation. It's more <laughs> just like... Oh, thank goodness. Like, I don't care if you would have suggested it, if like our neighbor down the street suggested it, if it worked, like, thank goodness. So, on, I mean, I don't really, I mean, I take maybe a little bit of pride, but like more just like, oh. Is there any way that this plays into like your identity as a mom? Uh, like this in particular or just? In general, like these moments where it's like, I have an instinct, like it played out. Like I, I feel like I was right about my kid. Not just this. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it does give me some confidence that I'm not totally incompetent as a parent. <laughs> You're definitely not totally incompetent. <laughs> like I have some, like sometimes you are just like copying like phrases or things that you've heard of like this is how to approach this but not all obviously not your entire parenting journey can be someone else's model of parenting right and so it's kind of in those moments where you do have to be creative or like make a spontaneous decision or do something i think yeah that's not by the book that when it does work you do feel a bit of a sense of pride in that that's great and like okay like, I can parent these kids. I can sometimes do this. Yeah. <laughs> it helps if I'm sleeping, but I can do this <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I think, too, it's like, I think you should be proud, number one. And I think, too, it's like it emphasizes you are these kids' mom. Like, your your response and your instincts here are tailored to them and for them. And there's a beautiful piece of that where it sort of shrinks in a beautiful way your mom identity i'm not a mom i'm oliver's mom and i'm julian's mom mm, and yeah, the like time that. i'm spending with them has shaped me to be able to understand them and make these calls and they're not necessarily calls that like we can't sit here and recommend like if you have a baby not sleeping through the night get rid of the dream feed that would be ludicrous right yeah. and in fact for most like most best practices would not target that as a problem but you are julian's mom and you had fed him a dream feed for some 180 days and decided, I don't think this is working anymore. So anyway, I think you should be proud. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I do think, too, we've talked a little bit about this on the podcast before, but I think it emphasizes how important like like health for the whole family is. I think a lot of parenting is talked about like 
this complete like selfless giving to your kids. And there's some truth to that. But like, I think if that was the only model or like ideal that we strove for, like I would still be doing a dream feed because I'm Mm. like, he needs to eat. Mm. He would still be in a room because I'm like the, you know, pediatric guidelines say he needs to be there for a year or whatever. And so like, if that was like, you know, our only thing that we were working for, then we would just keep sacrificing. Okay. Well, if we don't sleep, then it's for our kids. It's for our kids. And it's like, there is something about making decisions for your whole family where you can all be your best. And that for us was like, okay, well, we're going to take our room back. Like he's, he's going to be safe, you know, like you make sure your kids are safe. But like, I think we need our room back. I think I need some space. Like that is in some sense selfish, but it is also like works to the betterment of the whole family. If you're doing better too. Um, Yeah. I thought you were going to move us from selfless giving to just selfish giving, (laughs) but really you're talking about a holistic giving. (laughs) But this applies to, I mean, people, you know, you have to make so many decisions as a parent, especially with a baby, about how you're going to feed them, how they're going to sleep, how they're, and, like, you just, like, it matters what is important to you and what you can handle and what you prioritize. Like, I don't know. I just think that's not always talked about. Yeah. But it does matter how all these things impact you and, like, you're allowed to do things that are nice for you to do in all of this. And most of the time your kids will respond, you know? Okay. I'm going to tee you up a little bit. Cause I know there's a story too, that you'd like to share about something else. Do you have, we talked about being maybe proud a little bit about your mom's things, but do you have any recent proud parent moments? So the other day, uh, I was very frustrated when Julian was not sleeping and I just was like, ah, and you went to go get Julian and Oliver was with me. I sit down on the step outside and he comes over to me and he sits down next to me. He puts his arm around me and says, mom, oh, it's okay. It's hard. I know. <laughs> and he goes, takes a deep breath and lets it out. It was just the sweetest thing. And now anytime I get kind of like upset or frustrated, he goes, mom, you're safe. You're safe, mom. <laughs> I know it's a lot. He said this to me the other day. He was like, Mom, I know there's a lot going on. It's too much for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> but it was just like this very like sweet. He just comes over. He gets this like sweet little face. And he puts his arm on me. He says, you're safe, Mom. And it's just like, I mean, this is like how we're trying to help him cope with the world right is saying some of these things but it's really sweet to watch him like now help me regulate my that is that is the vision i think of holistic giving that you're talking about there's the way that we give that then actually comes back in all kinds of ways anyway that's a proud parent moment well thanks to this area mom aka rachel for being the guest on this episode of the tim's take we have a special guest coming up for episode 100 which is some ways away still like literally months away but we just we just have reached out to this person and they agreed today so we're very excited for that but for now till next time i'm matt i'm rachel and that is your tim's take